This is Interviews. I'm Ronald Lewis. Today marks the beginning of a revolution in mobile internet technology. It's unlike anything we've ever witnessed before. It's new, it's exciting, and it's a reality. Joining me today for the worldwide product launch are Webaru founders Rakesh Mather, Brad Husick, and Beirut Sheth. Gentlemen, thanks for appearing here on Interviews. Thanks, Ron. Thank you very much, Ron. Thank you. Today is a big day for you guys. Rakesh, let's start with you. What's going through your mind now since Webaru has emerged from its stealth mode status to launch its mobile internet technology? You know, Ron, there's just one thing, which is uh, uh, as the product gets out there, that we actually um, delight uh, and satisfy uh, all, the, all the early adopters that are going to come in and use our product and that they have a great experience, tell their friends, and uh, that, as you said, this builds uh, a momentum that does, in fact, change uh, the way people use, consume uh, information on, on mobile devices. Brad? Well, today is uh, a real milestone, exciting day for, for me personally as well. Um, we've been shepherding this project now for some time, and I finally get to tell some of my closest friends what we're doing. Great. And finally, be rude. Yeah, I think, I think today is a, a phenomenal day. I think uh, as, as entrepreneurs, you know, you have a lot of energy ideas and you create new things, but where the rubber meets the road and what validates it all, uh, what is truly gratifying is that real users uh, use it, they find value in it, uh, they come to love it, and they tell their friends about it. And we are hoping that all of those things happen. Wonderful. Very exciting. So prior to launching Webaru, you were all involved with a number of ventures in Silicon Valley. Let's start with Rakesh. Tell us about your background. Okay. Um, you know, I've had uh, uh, some success in starting up companies in, uh, in technology over the, the past decade or so. Um, uh, most notably in 96, I started a company called Jungli. Um, which was the first to uh, do com- enable comparison shopping on the internet. Um, so we were behind uh, the shopping engines of, uh, of folks like Yahoo, etc., on, on the web, and that company was acquired in '98 and became part of Amazon.com. Um, uh, prior to that, I started a company which had the first silicon designs for MPEG-2, which then became part of the DVD standard. Uh, a few of the Japanese semiconductor manufacturers li- licensed our designs. That company was acquired by Broadcom. Uh, third company I started after that was a company called Purple Yogi, which started life as a consumer company in the in the search discovery space, and uh, is now uh, an enterprise software company doing well in, in Silicon Valley. And uh, I really wanted to get together with uh, with uh, my friend Brad, whom I've known for for most of this. Uh, we were both living in Seattle and uh, um, had, uh, this is the second idea that, that uh, we contemplated. And it made so much sense to us that it uh, um, convinced, convinced both of us that we were actually failed retirees and we ended up uh, uh, jumping back in. So that's a quick snapshot of my background over the last decade. Uh, I'm an engineer. I've, I've had a career at Intel before that. Brad? Thanks, Ron. Um, I've spent my entire career in software, and uh, almost all of that in Silicon Valley. I got my start at Hewlett-Packard back in the late 80s, and that was after some a short period of time at Apple Computer. And then I went to work for companies like Macromedia, and um, in the mid-90s, I co-founded a company called NetGravity, 
which was the first company to automate advertising on the internet. And we weren't sure if it was the right idea or not, but it turned out to be the right idea as the economic engine behind the web. And that company went public and was sold to DoubleClick, the advertising network. Um, after that, I joined a company called Vignette, which was the leader in content management systems for the web. And I grew with that company from 25 employees up to 2,200 employees. And the company went public and had a peak market cap around $22 billion. Um, after that, I moved to Seattle with my family. Um, I reconnected with Rakesh, who I've known since the mid-90s. And uh, together, we decided to do this wacky idea. It, it wasn't going to be possible at all unless we found our, our key member, our key third co-founder um, with Birud. And uh, you can ask Birud about his incredible background. And finally, Birud. Uh, thanks, Ron. So, uh, you know, I, I've studied uh, computer science all throughout. I was in uh, undergraduate school at IIT, that's the Indian Institute of Technology in, in Bombay, India. And my graduate work was at uh, MIT. Uh, at the Media Lab. Uh, I did some of the earliest work in personalized information filtering. I was developing um, you know, autonomous software agents or learning agents uh, that, would, that would automatically learn people's interests and find uh, news uh, based on that. Uh, so that was uh, quite some time ago. And then um, I spent uh, a few years on Wall Street doing quantitative finance uh, and then founded my first company, uh, uh, Elance, uh, that was uh, here in the valley, and uh, Elance is an online services marketplace, uh, and it's you know it's doing well. It's the largest of its kind, and, and still uh, uh, going strong. So I, I spent uh, several years there, uh, got it to a pretty uh, successful stage, and then uh, I was you know I'm a I like doing the early stage uh, startup stuff, you know, creating new ideas, bringing them to life. And it's the most exciting in the early stages. Uh, and uh, I knew Rakesh uh, for several years. He was one of the first uh, investors in Elance and uh, a good friend and mentor since then. And then uh, as, uh, as we got going uh, with uh, Webru, uh, we reconnected and, uh, and here we are. Considering your impressive history in the Valley, is Webru your most important venture to date? I guess I would say absolutely and positively yes. I'm more excited about the potential of this company in reaching consumers and, and giving uh, people of all walks of life the kinds of things they're looking for than anything I've ever been involved in in the past. And I, I sometimes think to myself, I'm the luckiest person I know because I get to work with a team of people who is far and away the, the most wonderful, experienced uh, uh just great group of people that I've ever had a chance to, to work with and the potential of working on a product which, ha which could have such broad appeal um, makes me jump out of bed every morning. Uh, Iran, absolutely for me as well. I mean, I echo a lot of the things that, that Barra said. I think we have the potential in this company to completely change the way information is consumed on, uh, on mobile devices. Uh, it, I, it, to me, it, doesn't, it can't possibly get better than, than that. Yeah, I, I echo the sentiments of my co-founders. I think, you know, uh, big ideas are measured by how many people it impacts and how much value it provides to them. And I think, you know, it doesn't get bigger than this as more and more people adopt mobile devices, in fact, far more um, than PCs and laptops and such, 
Um, and so it's very exciting. Why was Weberoo chosen as the next idea to develop? Personally, one of the things that's, that's frustrated me um, and therefore led to um, clarity in terms of defining the problem in my mind is that although the hype associated with, <coughs> with broadband and indeed uh, uh, mobile communications, whether it's data or voice, has been around so intensely uh, for the last decade, at least the last decade, right, through the 90s. Um, the reality is that, that nobody um, or very, very few people use their PDA-like devices, which these days have great screens, great keyboards, lots of capability, lots of computing horsepower. Nobody uses these devices to search and browse the Internet. So, so we pondered that. And uh, a few things struck us. Uh, one was the fact that uh, although broadband has a lot of promise and eventually I'm sure the whole world will be wired, the growth of, mo of, wire of real delivery of, of broadband is at best a slow linear curve. So I still don't, for instance, where I live in, in Silicon Valley, I, I can drive around and drop uh, mobile calls all day long. Um, on the flip side, storage, when, when we started companies in the mid-90s, you started them at 250 megabyte drives. Now you start them at 250 gigabyte drives, which means basically a doubling, exponential growth every year. So there's something here, right? There's one trend which is growing exponentially. There's another one that's at best a slow linear, curve, linear growth, right? So that said, hmm, maybe there's something here, right? The other part was that if you go and use <clears throat> some of the, the great search engines that are out there, any one of them, uh, and you do a search for any of the things that you're looking for, you're likely to get hundreds of thousands of millions of results. And uh, we know both for ourselves and anecdotally and, and through, through studies like, like those that the Pew Trust has conducted, that people look at barely one page or slightly more than one page of results on the average for any search that they do, right? So if you combine this, the aha moment for us was what if we could do the equivalent of, of, of capturing the information content that would respond to the vast majority of any search that you could do and give you two, a few pages, two pages, ten pages, thousand pages, but not millions of pages of results for anything that you could possibly look for and enable that to be carried around in these, in, in these storage devices that, that were growing exponentially, then indeed it would be possible to take the web with you, make it an offline web or a portable web, and hence you could actually consume the web and consume it at an incredibly fast pace. And I think that to us appeared as the surest way we knew of breaking the logjam uh, in terms of making uh, data accessible on, on mobile devices. So you know, I think that's, that's, the, that's basically the genesis of the company. Now Brad and I uh, could take it only so far, and it's been viewed as the, as the the, our CTO and, and the person who's driven the product development that's brought us to the stage. So it sounds like everyone played a significant role in identifying the potential of Webaru. Absolutely. You know, in, in, in companies like this, it's all a team effort. From start to finish, how long did it take to develop Webaru's technology? Basically from the time that Brad and I conceived this uh, to the time that we decided to actually get back to being like active entrepreneurs, which is a uh, which, you know, which required uh, us to make some changes to, to 
our professional and, and personal situations. Uh, from that time, uh, it was like mid-July or so, and Beirut came on shortly after. But we actually started, and we'd been thinking about the algorithms and stuff behind this, this space. But the first uh, code was written about November or so of, of 2004, um, and it followed an architecture that, that Beirut put together, and, and uh, we've built a, a good-sized engineering team of about, uh, about 50 people, and they're in India. Um, so less than 18 months from the time that, that, that we've been coding. In a nutshell, WebReduce technology enables offline internet browsing. How does the technology blend the on and offline user experience, and how does it affect normal browsing habits? So the way WebRoo works is um, it's, it's a free uh, software solution, uh, software service that allows you to download uh, the, the best of the internet pages, uh, and I'll elaborate more on how we do that. But you download those onto your uh, mobile device or your laptop, and uh, carry it around with you in a, in a searchable way. You can search anywhere, anytime, even without a connection. Uh, the way we blend the online and offline experience, uh, of course, is whenever you do reconnect, uh, the content is uh, kept fresh. It's always updated so that uh, in case there was more information that, that uh, developed on the net that would also be downloaded uh, onto your mobile device. Uh, and I think the way we uh, expect uh, people to... Uh, I, I don't think this will really modify behaviors, uh, but it, it will allow people to use their downtime, their idle time, uh, where most of us are often uh, disconnected in ways that we don't realize, uh, you know, whether I'm on a plane, uh, in, in the train, uh, or sometimes even at home when my daughter won't let me sit next to a computer, uh, I, could, I could still search and browse in the way I'm used to, in the way I love, and it just delivers a great capability in, in places that uh, I previously could not. And perhaps I could add to that as well. Um, WebRoo works on both laptops and handheld devices like PDAs and smartphones. And I know, at least in my behavior, uh, when I'm in the office, I'm connected, I'm certainly going to be online and using online search engines and, and other parts of the web. But there are often times that I walk away from my desk and I'm meeting with someone else or I'm even going to meet with another company, and uh, I can't get online at, at, at their company because they have some security software or something. Or I'm even just walking away from my desk and having a meeting, and I need to answer a question. And I have my PDA or smartphone with me, um, and I just, I just need an answer quickly. And uh, I don't want to bother, even if I have the ability to connect somehow, somewhere, I really would just rather do a quick search and get a quick answer from the web. And... I see using Webaroo, and, and this is how I use Webaroo, is uh, it, it's kind of with me all the time. And uh, whenever I, I need information about something, I can kind of um, whip it out and turn it on and, and, and do a quick search and get a quick answer. And for me, the, the times that that is useful, it's surprising the, the, just the number of times throughout the day and throughout the week, even in a work situation or even in a home situation where I might be looking for a great bottle of wine to have with dinner at a restaurant, or um, my wife wants to know about uh, uh, some new technology that she's heard about on, on the radio uh, or on, on a podcast, um, where we can in, do that search and, and really get the answers we're looking for. The Webaroo name, how did that come about? Uh, Brad, Brad did, Brad. That, that was my fault. <laughs> the, reason, the reason that... Um, that that name came to me 
was, you think about the visual of a kangaroo. Uh, a kangaroo has a pouch in which they carry valuable things, and kangaroos move fast and they're fun, and uh, they're, you always have a smile on your face when you see a kangaroo. And to me, that sort of captured the notion of what we were doing, something that's valuable, that you can take with you wherever you go, it's super fast, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, fun, fast, and free. <laughs> is Weber Roots technology proprietary, open source, or a combination of both? So uh, I think it's, uh, the best answer is it's a combination of both. Um, you know, wherever uh, appropriate, uh, we've, of course, leveraged on the, uh, on the open source solutions available out there, uh, sometimes code, sometimes even just ideas. Uh, and it, it doesn't make sense for a young startup to reinvent the wheel. Uh, where it does exist, and what, what that does is it allows us to focus on the new things that we are developing. So, um, so I think uh, you know there are there are a few there are some basic uh, technology elements that are open source, uh, but there are the, the core components of our technology is is uh, proprietary. And if I can elaborate on the uh, on the uh, 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 real innovation behind Webaru, uh, the the technical components underlying it. Uh, I think there are yeah, there are two uh, key components at the heart uh, of the technology. Uh, one is a system uh, designed to uh, maximize content density. Okay, uh, content density refers to the amount of uh, content value in uh, in the smallest uh, available storage size. So if you look at um, all the web pages out there, uh, our servers uh, crawl the web, uh, analyze the content, and identify pages with the, with the broadest and the deepest content value, uh, but that can be stored in the smallest possible size so that you can store it on your mobile device and carry it with you. Let me take an analogy uh, from, the, from the print world, right? Think of an encyclopedia. Uh, an encyclopedia could answer almost uh, any query you throw at it, uh, and it'll probably give you a very brief uh, or a short answer. Uh, and and that's the, in a way you could argue that the encyclopedia has uh, the the highest uh, content density, and that's what we try to do: gather a lot of information about uh, everything. Um, so the other uh, key component underlying our technology is uh, is the smart caching system that uh, enables easy downloads uh, of web content uh, onto your mobile device and continuous update. Uh, every time a user reconnects. The heart of the technology is really uh, an original creation of Webaru and is actually, uh, we've filed uh, patents on all of that technology. Um, it's, it, the servers that we run on the back end are web scale servers. So in order to, to bring a compact, fast, enjoyable, rewarding experience to the customer, we have to do a tremendous amount of work on the back end on behalf of the customer. And so our servers are literally looking across the entire internet 24-7, looking for fresh and updated information. And then uh, going through our processes to build these portable, uh, this portable solution for search and, and for browse on laptops and on handheld devices. So it's, there, there's quite a bit of technology running behind the curtain, if you will. Um, but it, it's our job to make that super easy and super fast for the consumer without having to worry about all the complexity on the back end. I think part of the uniqueness of the web is the fact that 
this, that, that information comes from so many interesting sources, right? Uh, podcasts such as yourself to, um, to you know, the American Cancer Society or whatever, right? The, the diversity is so huge that what, one of the things that, we've, that, that our algorithms preserve is the diversity of sources that the information comes from and the depth within the sources that the information might reside, right? So the serendipity of finding uh, a source that, you, that you, you find brilliant but you never knew that existed is preserved because our algorithms are simply looking for the most relevant pages which you deliver to you. So it's, it's uh, actually a wonderful experience. And, and I think it's important to understand it's not the most relevant home pages. It's actually the most relevant pages anywhere they might be. So uh, it's, it's not as if you're saving uh, the home pages of many, many sites. We actually dive down. It doesn't matter if it's a thousand levels deep. Um, if that's the page that answers the question best, then that's the page that we'll give to you. Let's talk about Webaroo's network architecture. Uh, I would guess that there are servers dispersed around the world to make Webaroo's technology possible. Yeah, I think uh, so. We we have a, a large uh, crawler that crawls the whole web, uh, just like any other online search engine, and uh, you know that requires a lot of it's it's a lot of high performance web scale computing uh, to to sort of get the pages, download them, organize them, sort through them, index them, and analyze them. So uh, so the, the crawler is one big part of the system. Then is the proprietary um, sort of uh, engine for uh, the content density that I described earlier, uh, that analyzes the pages to to create uh, to to create content packs that can be easily downloaded by users uh, on onto their devices. So uh, that's a huge component. And then finally, uh, to uh, to serve all that content uh, to mobile devices. Again, uh, we need a set of servers. To, uh, to enable the downloads, uh, to also sort of continually update uh, the content that's on the devices. So, so yeah, indeed, I mean, we've assembled a, a world-class team of computer scientists and engineers to enable all of this, uh, and it's, it's a really, you know, it's, it's a phenomenal amount of uh, both science and engineering that has gone into uh, solving this problem. There's a lot of uh, research problems that we have to solve, uh, to, ident- to analyze pages, to identify the good pages, uh, to identify a diverse set of pages that can uh, answer any queries that users throw at it. Uh, so a, a lot of these are, uh, you know, uh, text analysis uh, sort of problems that have to be solved. And then, of course, is the uh, heavy engineering that goes into uh, enabling um, the, the ease, ease of use and the, the continuous operations and the maintainability of it. Uh, actually, I should add one more component, which is the client-side component. We have a, a small piece of software. Uh, it, it's not very large, but uh, very uh, effective that users have to download onto their laptops or PDAs that uh, that sort of makes it all work and, and makes it easy to use for the end user. Since Webaroo's technology is available across a number of devices, such as laptops and PDAs, does the technology support the caching of content across such devices for a single user? Yes, absolutely. Um, when you use Webaroo, you first uh, bring it onto your notebook or laptop and the content that you'd like to have with you. And when you plug in your mobile device, ma- many devices now charge and sync through the same USB cable. When you plug that in, the Webaroo software, which, which by the way, works in your favorite browser, we don't have our own in interface for that. It's just your browser. Um, 
it recognizes that you've plugged in your PDA or your, your smartphone and that it has a card inside of it, a storage card. And you can use several different phones and PDAs, several different storage cards. And for each one, you can say, just through checkboxes, I want this kind of stuff on this phone and this kind of stuff on that phone, um, or I'll take it all with me, depending on whatever storage I have. So it's, it's kind of a, it's a very easy checkbox, press a button, put it on my phone kind of interface. And all of that stays synchronized uh, whenever you plug your phone into charge or to sync. Because Webaru is a web-based solution, is there a requirement for desktop software to be installed? There is a small piece of software that you load, and that software is responsible for uh, giving you the search box inside your browser and for updating the content whenever you connect back to the Webaru server. So that small piece of software, when you double-click the icon, uh, it, it actually just launches whatever your default browser is and brings you to a, a Webaru page, which is the way you, you use Webaru. And it's incredibly simple. There's a search box at the top and content below. So why is Webaru giving away this revolutionary technology for free? How will it generate revenue? So um, now our, our objective is to get the technology in the hands of millions of users. Um, because um, we can truly enable a, a, a revolution in, in, in the space of consuming information on mobile devices. So charging users gives them yet one more complex decision to make in a litany of choices that uh, carriers and everybody throws at them. Right? So our, our, um, the path of lowest resistance for, for us to get as many users as we can is to make it a free service. right? And we believe that given the value that we'll be adding to uh, hopefully millions of users, that, uh, that we can also add further value to them and to, our adver and to advertisers by serving up contextual ads uh, in, a pop in, a, in a similar manner to which many of the leading search engines currently do. So these are, uh, in essence, it might look like a sponsored link, just a, just a little bit of text which you can click on if you want to. You know, I mentioned 10 years ago I co-founded the first company to automate advertising on the Internet. The, the reason we did that company was we, we asked the simple question, how, how can you financially support a business on the Internet? And we came to the conclusion that advertising was probably going to be the, the winner. And we were fortunate enough to have guessed correctly. Well, I don't think the world has changed that much. Even though there are some subscription sites out there uh, that are successful and even though e-commerce is, is, has really uh, been a, a major success. Advertising is still the engine, the financial engine that drives the web. And I think that people are kind of used to that model now. So as long as you stay away from annoying uh, behaviors, one, one of the things I just can't stand are pop-up ads, for example, um, and ads which may take over your whole screen without, without you doing anything uh, to, to kick that off. You know, those are the kinds of things that we want to absolutely avoid as a company. Internet users may be used to free, right? There's a lot of amazingly good services out there. Uh, however, mobile users, unfortunately, uh, do not get much for free at all, right? You pay for the phone, you pay for the service. There's a lot of software uh, that you can download, much, most of which is, again, um, you, you have to pay for it. And uh, in a way, I think this is one of the first sort of we, we, you know, high-quality services that really adds a lot of value 
but is also available free and is ad-supported. Uh, months and months ago, we decided to uh, do something very radical, which was to actually go and talk to advertisers and talk to agencies and ask them what they would like to see in this new mobile kind of search unplugged world. And they were very excited by the concept, but what they told us most often was, guys, go and build a product that consumers love. Just focus on the consumer. Don't worry so much about what we need. And if you do that and consumers love the product, then you'll have a lot of people using the service We'll run the ads the right way, and everybody will win. The consumer wins. Weberu continues to offer the service, and the advertisers can reach the customers they're looking for. Acer has been announced as Weberu's launch partner. In fact, they will feature Weberu's technology on most of their laptops uh, around the second half of this year. Why Acer, and how will this partnership benefit both companies? We are incredibly excited about having a company of Acer's stature as a partner with us here at our launch. Uh, Acer is a, a, a real thought leader in, in, the comp- in the world in terms of their technology. And in fact, they're number three in the world overall in, in laptops. They're number one in Europe uh, in laptops. And they've continued to innovate and innovate and innovate. And they're a company that's a little, a little unusual. They're a, a Taiwanese company that markets products under their own brand on a worldwide basis. Um, they're a smart, efficient, fast-moving company. They're not afraid to kind of take chances and bring out innovative products. One of them is, for example, the Ferrari notebooks. Um, Acer is a, a, sponsor, a, a sponsor of Ferrari and vice versa. And uh, I, I'm actually sitting in front of my beautiful Acer Ferrari 4000 notebook with a carbon fiber cover. And um, uh, every time I take it out on an airplane or in, in the office, people are kind of gathering around and drooling over this notebook. Um, it's got the latest in technology, and it's a pleasure to use. And Acer really felt that uh, they wanted to continue their thought leadership in the world by bringing real value to their consumers. And when we showed the product to Acer uh, quite some time ago, um, they, they kind of got it right away. They understood the value in bringing the web with you and making it searchable and making it fast and not, not requiring a connection. And so um, the, the, the marriage between the two and the, and the partnership has been uh, an absolute pleasure to work with Acer, and we're very excited about some of their new products that are coming up and, and super excited that they're going to provide uh, the, the first platform for getting WebRoo in the hands of people uh, around the world. Now that Acer is on board as a hardware launch partner, are more hardware partners on the way? Uh, absolutely. So uh, one of our thoughts here and the reason that we've been talking to hardware manufacturers is that um, it gives us a great opportunity to get uh, the the web to go preloaded on on uh, devices whether they're uh, handhelds or notebooks etc. So yes, look for a lot of uh, uh, announcements uh, from as Brad has said, manufacturers that are that are thought leaders all over the world. How soon will those announcements be made? I, I think your your listeners uh, might want to stay tuned uh, to to your podcast, um, and uh, we'll we'll be sure and come back to you, Ron with uh, 
new announcements of, of partners worldwide. As we talk as, as we talk about partners, Ron, it's it's also important to note that users can come to webroo.com and with a push of a few buttons, download the software onto their notebooks and download content onto their notebooks, and then from there onto their uh, onto their phones. It, the initial download size, by the way, is is very very small. Um, it, it's less than 10 megabytes. <laughs> so it's uh, on on any sort of a broadband connection, you're probably talking about a. a less than a minute to download the Webaroo software. What type of innovation will we see from Webaroo going forward? We started off by saying, what would we like to do uh, when we're offline, right? Uh, or when we're just anywhere that we might be at any time. And uh, you know, today with cell phones, you can make a call from, hopefully you can make a call from virtually anywhere. Um, and. Uh, you can take an iPod with you and listen to your music anywhere, um, as, as many of your readers are doing, right, or readers, listeners are doing right now. Um, but using the web offline um, and doing the things you like to do when you're on the web hasn't been fulfilled yet, and that's, that's a huge reason that we decided to partake in this venture. Uh, I think it's safe to say that our vision is to give people the ability to do everything they love to do when they're online, um, when they're offline, or when they can't find a connection. And so we're starting with what we heard was the, the number one thing people like to do, which is search. So uh, that's why we're, we're, we're launching it today with search. Um, it, it, people are just kind of addicted to search these days, and that's the first thing we want to provide. But there are a lot of things that people like to do when they're online that um, uh, we want to apply our technology, uh, apply our, our, our partnerships and what we can learn, um, and, and basically bring all of that technology and all, all that knowledge and, and feedback from our customers into um, bringing lots of things offline and, and, and all the things that people like to do. So it's this idea of, of um, search unplugged is now, and uh, everything else unplugged is, is, is coming as we, as we proceed. Yeah, and I think if I can add to that, we've uh, you know we've assembled a just an amazing team uh, of uh, engineers and researchers uh, who are all focused on you know leading edge innovation, uh, developing innovative technology, and more importantly, innovative products that uh, that you know just amaze the users, make their life simple, easy, uh, and you know the best thing we can do is be really really useful uh, to use to our users in as many ways as we can. So I guess what I'd, I'd, I'd add to that or, uh, is that it's, A, it's empowerment. People can do things that they could never have done before in places that they could have never have done those things. And B is that uh, I can carry, uh, as I start my web and as you stay tuned, more and more aspects of my life with me in a, in a, in a, in a portable small memory stick or, uh, or small hard drive. Uh, in, small as in size, as in physical size, but huge as in storage, and um, and regardless of what uh, hardware device that is um, that I'm using, <clears throat> basically this this content, the storage, which is me, can be carried with me across any device that I use. It's sort of my life to go, or a way I've heard this expressed uh, a few days ago at a, at, an, at a conference that I was at is storage is the computer. At, at, a, at a conference recently that Rakesh was attending, uh, 
a lot of people were talking about the Web 2.0. And uh, if you think about bringing all this capability anywhere you go, as, as people become more and more mobile, um, we hope to be associated with the concept of mobile 2.0. That kind of, let's, let's assume that mobile 1.0 was uh, the ability to get connected sometimes, and, and it might be slow or it might be expensive, but I think uh, uh, bringing the capability down so that you can carry it in your pocket, um, we, we would love to be associated with um, this, this idea of mobile 2.0. Finally, is Google a potential competitor for Weberoo's technology? You know, uh, as uh, we have a fair experience building companies, I think the main, <clears throat> main, main mantra in building a company is focus on your consumer. Uh, you've got to look uh, at what your consumer needs now and what they need in the future. And uh, there's no sense in obsessing on the rearview mirror in terms of what uh, your, your competitors might do. Right now, I don't know if Google is a competitor or who exactly the specific competitors are, but we're less focused on what they're doing because we're at this stage we're far beyond what uh, anybody's far beyond anyone who's approaching the problem. So, you know, frankly, we'll, the future will play out. But as long as we obsess about our customers and, and satisfy and delight them, I think we're building a great company. Rakesh, Brad. Be rude. Thanks so much for stopping by and sharing your time here on interviews. We look forward to seeing what Weberoo has in store. Thanks for stopping by, guys. Ron, thank you so much. We, we super appreciate your time and, uh, and your podcast, and uh, we look forward to talking with you very, very soon. Yeah, Ron, thank you. Great questions. Uh, we're also excited about you as an entrepreneur with your podcast and such, so uh, it's, it's always great to be uh, uh, talking to people such as yourself. Yeah, thank, thank you, Ron. To take advantage of the unplugged Internet, visit Webaroo online at www.webaroo.com. That's W-E-B-A-R-O-O.com. To hear more great interviews on Interviews with Ronald Lewis, please point your browser to www.ronaldlewis.com interviews. There you'll find appearances by Southwest Airlines, Motown recording artist Kim, Sangoma, Digium, and many more. Finally, share this interview and others on Interviews with Ronald Lewis with a friend.